Hi, and welcome to the Life Source Christian Church Audio Lounge with Senior Ministers John and Anne Juliano. Have you ever wondered about how to better connect with God? Well, that's exactly what we're going to help you with in this week's show, where you'll learn how to more fully love God, grow spiritually, and help others. The theme this morning is Incredible God. And we believe that our God is incredible. And everywhere we look, we see the fingerprints of God. The Bible opens up in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, with these amazing words. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning... In the beginning is our reference point. So the Bible was written for us as human beings. And in the beginning is our reference point. In the beginning of our reference point, God, Elohim is the Hebrew word, created. Bara is the Hebrew word. Elohim, bara. It means out of nothing he created the heavens and the earth. And that word heavens is is the visible universe that we see. It's, it's our reference point. It's, it's what we are connected to, the physical realm of the universe and the earth. And, and we believe that our incredible God created it all. And uh, we are only now discovering how incredible our universe is, how incredible our world is, how incredible our lives are. And in a moment, I'm, I'm going to just show you a video that that shows in just two expanses. It's the expanse out. And so we see the zooming out of where the earth is in relationship to the universe. And then it zooms in and it shows you the other universe, which is the universe of our body, which is a universe within a universe And when you begin to zoom out and see the expanse of it all and then zoom in and see the fine detail, the fine detail of it all, another universe within that is another, that that is so finitely detailed, it's beyond comprehension. We just got to sit back and say, God, you are incredible. Have a look at this. How many of you know we got an incredible God? We have an incredible God. <laughs> you know, we, we, we define ourselves with, uh, with what we see and how we relate and, and our world. But what an incredible thing it is to be able to zoom out and see the immensity of our universe. You know, you look out into the sky at night and it's hard to fathom the distances it's hard to fathom that, that our star that we see during the day is just one star in our galaxy. And it's one of 250 billion stars in our galaxy. That's just our galaxy of the Milky Way. So just in our galaxy, the one that we live in, our home address, Milky Way galaxy where our sun is one sun in 250 billion. But our galaxy, the Milky Way, is only one galaxy of 100 billion other galaxies in the universe. Hello. I mean, we're talking about numbers that are 
beyond our imagination. And our star is only one of trillions upon trillions of stars. The rough calculation that they've done at the moment, and this is only at the moment because it just, we just, as more information comes, then it just expands. But at the moment, the best that they can give us is that there's 10 to the power of 21 numbers of stars in our universe. So that's having one with 21 zeros after it. It's a number beyond our comprehension. Matter of fact, they've they've done a calculation of how many grains of sand are upon our planet. And the numbers of grains of sand upon our planet is one with 18 zeros after it. And so so if someone says to you, uh, is there more sand or more stars? The answer is there's more stars than sand in the world. And our star is only one, and around our star is a solar system, and, and it's just amazing. And that's when you zoom out. And then when you zoom in, when you zoom in, there's universes upon universes. And, and, and so they've, they've, they've done a calculation of how many molecules there are in 10 droplets of water. And they found that, in actual fact, there's more molecules in 10 drops of water than all the stars in the universe. And so, and so when, you, when you zoom in, there's other universes within universes. How many of you know that our God is an incredible God? Let, let, let me just give you something that just blows my mind. It's called the Goldilocks parameters. How many of you ever, ever heard of the, um, the story of Goldilocks and the three bears? How many of you have never heard of the story of Goldilocks and the three bears? Okay, so Goldilocks breaks into the bear's home and uh, the problem is she found porridge and, and uh, one bowl of porridge was too hot and the other bowl of porridge was too cold, but there was one bowl of porridge that was just right. Then she sat in a chair and it was too hard and then another one was too soft, but there was one that was just right. And then finally she decided that she wanted to go to bed and one of the beds was too hard. How many of you got a bed that's too hard? Then, then, then she found another bed and it was just too soft. How many of you got a bed that's too soft? But then she found the bed that was just right. How many of you got the bed that's just right? Yay. So it's called the Goldilocks parameters, the Goldilocks zones. And what scientists have discovered is that where we live on planet Earth, there are 200 parameters at least, and they're discovering more, that make life viable because of these parameters. I'm not going to give you 200, but I want to give you three. Can I give you just three parameters? How many of you know that the earth is 100, approximately 150 million kilometers away from the sun? 150 million. Now, this orbit around the sun is really important. Why is that? Because for life to exist, you need liquid water. It can't be gas and it can't be ice. It can't be frozen. It's liquid water. And how many of you know the temperature range for water to be liquid? Who can tell me the temperature range approximately? Celsius. Zero is what? Freezing point. A hundred is boiling point. So you've got this 
Now, roughly, I don't know if you put salt in all sorts of things, it changes those ratios, but we're not going there, okay? Just zero to 100, roughly. So basically, what you've got is this window where water has to be liquid, and it's only those parameters. Now, this is the thing with our orbit around the sun, and incidentally, the sun is the perfect age and perfect size to sustain life on Earth. If it was older, it wouldn't do so. If it was younger, it wouldn't do so. If it was bigger, it wouldn't do so. If it was smaller, it wouldn't do so. And our distance from the sun being 150 million kilometers is the perfect orbit for the temperature to be exact on Earth for water to be liquid. If it was, get hold of this, not 1% closer, not 0.1% closer, but if the Earth was point zero one percent closer to the sun it'd be too hot to sustain life if it was point zero one percent further away it'd be too cold to sustain life it is at the perfect distance to have the temperatures on earth for water to be liquid that's just one of the 200 goldilocks parameters let me give you another one are you ready for another one How many of you love seeing the moon at night? The moon is approximately 400,000 kilometers from the earth. The size of the moon is a quarter of the size of the earth. These things are not just coincidental. They've actually been designed for the gravitational pull of the earth to be precise and exact. It's at exactly the right distance. It's at exactly the right size for us to have the tides that we have. If it was any bigger, then the tides that we have would be destructive. If it was any smaller, then we wouldn't have the tides that we have in the ocean, wouldn't be able to replenish itself. But the other thing is this, and again, scientists do not know why our planet is tilted. How many of you know that the planet, our planet is tilted at 23 and a half degrees? It's, it's not just straight, it's tilted. And it's like, and, and, and because it's tilted, it stays tilted because of the gravitational pull of the moon. But what's discovered is this, is that because we're tilted, we get to have four seasons. If we weren't tilted, we wouldn't have four seasons. And the four seasons, what they do is that they balance the temperature so it doesn't get too hot and it doesn't, even though we're at exactly the right distance from the sun, if we weren't tilted, it'd get too hot and it'd get too cold. And because we're tilted, we get the four seasons and not only that, but it increases the amount of land that we can cultivate for food. Hello. Hello. How many of you know? I'll give you one more. I love this one. I I love this one. This is called the vacuum cleaner of our solar system. How many? This this is just amazing. And it's all to do with the planet Jupiter. Jupiter. How many of you heard of Jupiter? Jupiter is 300 times the size of the Earth, it's 600 million kilometers away from us. But it actually acts as our big brother. And again, you know, you say, well, what's the, go? what's the go? Well, what happens is this, is that how many of you know there's comets and meteorites and asteroids that come into our solar system from outer space? 
What happens is this, is that Jupiter's gravitational pull acts like a vacuum cleaner and it goes, uh-uh, you're getting past me, you're not getting past me. You've got to get past Big Brother before you attack Earth. And so a few years ago, there was a comet. This comet was called Shoemaker-Levy 9. Who's heard of Shoemaker-Levy 9? And, uh, and it was gunning for Earth. But when Jupiter saw it, it says, nah, you're not getting past me. And so it sucked it into its gravitational pull. And uh, this comet crashed into Jupiter rather than Earth. If it had crashed into Earth, it could have destroyed life as we know it on planet Earth in 1994. But it didn't. It crashed into Jupiter, the vacuum cleaner of the solar system. How many of you think things like this are just amazing? And that's three of 200 parameters, Goldilocks parameters, that just make our life on Earth unique in the universe. So here's my question. Here's my question for you. Are you children of chance? This whole thing just chance to be. All these parameters just chance to be. The perfect positioning of the earth around the sun just chance to be. The perfect size of the moon and its gravitational pull and the tilting just chance to be. Jupiter, the massive vacuum cleaner, the big brother that protects us from destruction just chance to be. Are we children of chance or are we children of God? See, I'm a believer of an incredible God. I'm a big believer that we have an incredible God and he wants to relate to us. Can I read to you just a passage from one of the Psalms that's one of my favorite passages in the Bible? How many of you heard me say that about so many passages? That's because I've got many favorite passages in the Bible. But this one is right up there amongst one of my favorites. It's Psalm 139. And it goes from verse 13 to 18. This is what it says. This is under this whole heading. We're children of God, not children of chance. Verse 13. For you formed my inner parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. That word covered in the Hebrew means you put me together in my mother's womb. I will praise you for I am fearfully And wonderfully made. When you do a word study of the word made, it means created. You were fearfully, wonderfully, amazingly in awe. You should stand in awe. This word fearfully means to reverence and stand in awe about how incredible you were made. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works. And that my soul knows very well. Do you ever look in the mirror and say, marvelous are your works? Turn to the person next to you and say, God, you've done something marvelous here. But does your soul know it? Does your soul know it? Do you speak it? Because when you understand that you're not a child of chance, but you're a child of God, you speak differently. And then it goes, my frame. That word frame means my bones, my skeleton was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lower parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance yet being unformed and in your book, everybody say your book. I'm amazed at this. Your book. 
I've done a bit of research on your book, and it literally means the book of prophecies. In your prophetic book, a prophetic book that God has over our lives, it says, and in your book they're all written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they would be more in number than the sand. And how many of you remember that number? I already gave it to you. 10 to the power of 18. Incredible. And when I awake, I'm still with you. Can I just share with you three important things that impacts how we view ourselves and others? That if we don't understand, we actually go through life limited. The first important thing that this scripture tells us is that we are designed by God. We are designed by God. We're not children of chance. We're children of design. How wonderful it is to look at somebody and say, you were designed by God. Everybody, I want you to look at your fingers. So one of the things that we've got in our church is the logo. And the logo of our church is the fingerprint. How many of you have noticed that? Wherever you look, there's a fingerprint. And, uh, and it's to do with not only the fingerprint of God on our lives, but our uniqueness, that, that fingerprints speak of our uniqueness and design in your fingerprint. Just to think that every single human being on this planet has a unique fingerprint. But you know what? That's, the, that's not the only thing that you have that's unique. Obviously, your DNA is unique, and, and, and over the last 50 years, more and more research has come out on DNA and the complexity of DNA, that, that everything about you has already been downloaded into your DNA. What an incredible thought that is, and I haven't got time to open up the complexities of DNA, but every human being, and it, how many of you watch um, those crime shows and you can leave your DNA anywhere and they can pick you up because of your DNA. But you know, not only is your DNA unique and your fingerprints unique, but also the iris, your eye. Every person's eyes, now you, you know, say, well, people have got blue eyes and brown eyes and green eyes and whatever. But the fact is that every single eye is unique. There's an eye fingerprint. And they do retinal scans and pick up the, the fingerprint of your eye and the retina itself, such as the complexity of the blood vessels in the back of your eye, in the retina, that that is unique. Just the way your blood vessels are formed in the retina makes it unique. But not only that, I, I love this, I've never heard about this before, but your lips. Turn to the person next to you, have a look at their lips. Can, have a look at their lips. Because on their lips... There are patterns. Now, some of you ladies cover it up with the lipstick. <laughs> I know that. But you're covering up a unique aspect of who you are. Because in your lips, those patterns is unique to you. Nobody has your lips. So stop sticking that stuff in there, okay? <laughs> I don't know why people think that's awesome to have big lips. I don't get that. Your voice is also unique. There's nobody's got a voice like yours. This, this is, I love this. Your tongue. See the patterns on your tongue? 
That's unique. Nobody's got the patterns that you have on your tongue. It's unbelievable. And I love this. Your walk is unique. Nobody walks like you. Isn't that amazing? Some of you say, yeah, nobody walks like me. You know, your walk is unique to you. And, and, you know, that's just a few of the designs that God has placed within you that says you're precious because I designed you and you're unique. But the second thing that this scripture tells about us, not only that God designed us and we're unique, but God planned a purpose for our lives, a purpose. You were not an accident. You were not a mistake. I don't care. See, so you might sit there and say, well, I wasn't planned. I was a mistake. Don't say that about yourself. There is not one person here that's a mistake. You were planned by God. Oh, but I was told that I was a mistake. It's a lie of the devil. You were planned by God. When you were being formed in your mother's womb, God was putting together a book of purpose for your life. And he wrote down a book of purpose. What a wonderful thing it is when you begin to discover that God has a purpose for your life. That's why we put value on every single human being on this planet. I don't care where you're born. I don't care what nationality. I don't care what race. I don't care what color. Every single human being on this planet is valuable and has a purpose for their lives. And God wants you to discover his God purpose for you. And the third thing that's so important out of this scripture is that God's thinking about you. God's thinking about you. Just that thought just grabs me. Seven and a half billion people on this planet, but God can be thinking about me. See, this is the immensity. This is how incredible our God is. See, I mean, some of us blokes, we can only focus on one thing at a time. But God multitasks. And he can multitask on every single person in this world with numerous numbers of thoughts. And so, so what, what was God thinking when he's thinking about us? When the Bible says, if I tried to number the thoughts that God has for me, they would outnumber the sand. What, what's God thinking? Well, let me give you just a few things that God's thinking. He's thinking, how can I help you? How can I help you? God wants to help you. What else is God's thinking? He's thinking, how can I bless you? What can I do to bring blessing into your life? Because God wants to bless you. God's thinking of, how can, how can we connect? That's one of the things. See, you're not here by chance today. God was thinking last night, how can I connect with them? And somehow, some of you were dragged to church. You were brought here. Maybe your kids brought you here. Maybe your friends brought you here. I don't know. But at the end of the day, it was God that brought you here. Why? So he can connect with you. You can see how awesome he is, how marvelous he is. He can say to you how much he loves you. and How much he wants to guide and direct your life in a significant way so that you can fulfill your purpose. He wants to connect with you so he can show you his incredible love. The love of God. That's so incredible. Hey, I want to finish this morning. But before I finish, 
want to talk about this God-shaped void that every single one of us has. In the mid-1600s, a French physicist and theologian called Blaise Pascal came up with a way of describing our connection with God. And the way he described it was every single person has a need within their life that they're trying to fill with all sorts of things, but it doesn't satisfy because we have a God-shaped void. And it's only when God comes into our life that it fulfills that God-shaped void. So can can I talk to you about The four special gifts that God wants to give you when he comes into your life. The four special gifts that unless God comes into your life, you'll always be seeking and it never satisfies. And you will be chasing so many things, but it's never satisfied. The first one, as I've already mentioned, is purpose. There's a divine purpose for your life. And God wants to give you that gift of purpose of discovering why you are here. You just think about it. How many people ask the question, why are we here? What is the purpose of life? God has that for you. See, a long time ago, I discovered my purpose in life. So every morning when I wake up, I'm full of energy. I'm full of life. I'm, I'm full of purpose because I know what my purpose is. When you find God, he actually reveals to you step by step what your divine purpose is. And it gives you satisfaction. When you find your divine purpose, it actually gives you significance in life, which is the second thing that God wants you to do. And there are so many people that are searching the world for significance, significance, significance. What's my significance? Well, let let me tell you something, that when you discover you're a child of God, that gives you incredible significance. Who are you? I'm a child of God. My father is the creator of the universe. Wow. That gives you significance. But also being able to fulfill your purpose gives you significance. Here's the third thing that God wants to give to you, and that's hope. Hope in this world. Hope in life. God wants to give you hope. God does not want you to live a hopeless existence or live in hopelessness or not have hope because you can't face tomorrow. Come on. Some of you you are facing such big problems right now that you just don't have any answers for those problems. Some of you, you're looking at your situation and saying, I don't even know whether life is worth living. Come on. Don't let your present problem overshadow the hope that God wants to give to you. There is nothing. There's nothing that God cannot resolve. There is nothing too difficult for Him. Please don't look at the complexity of your situation right now and be overwhelmed by it because God is more complex And God has more answers than the complexity of your situation. Can I just tell you right now that whatever you're facing right now is temporary. You said, but John, it's been going on for a long time. It's temporary. It's got a use-by date. So whatever you do, don't make a permanent decision on a temporary problem. You want to make a permanent decision? Make a decision of following Jesus. That's the best decision you can make. Because God wants to give you the gift of purpose, the gift of significance, the gift of hope. And here it is. The fourth thing that God wants to give you is the gift of freedom. Freedom from what? 
Jesus came to deal with it. See, these, these are, are the two choices that you can make in dealing with your guilt and shame. You can either try to overcome your guilt and shame by good works, good works, good works. I've got to do more good stuff, good stuff, good stuff, good stuff. And I don't want to stop you doing good stuff. I think it's a wonderful thing. But it doesn't matter how many good things you do, does it really cover your guilt and shame? So here's God's answer. I'll pay for it. I'll remove it. God's gift is the gift of freedom. See, this is why Jesus died upon the cross, to pay the penalty for all of your guilt and shame. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. When Jesus died upon the cross, He died not because he was a sinner, but because you were a sinner. It's not because he was guilty and full of shame. It's because you're guilty and full of shame. It's because I'm guilty and full of shame. He died. He paid the penalty. And at the end it says, But whoever believes in him shall not perish, but will have everlasting life. God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him should be saved. See, that's the message of the Bible. That's the message of this incredible God. I made you. I lost you through guilt and shame. I came looking for you. I sent my Son to die for you and pay the penalty for you. I'm knocking at your heart's door saying, can I connect with you? Now you've got to make a decision. Thank God, I'll let you into my life. I'll let you into my life. John chapter 1, verse 12 says, For as many as received him, to them he gave the power, the authority to become children of God. To as many as believed, in His name. So you want to become a child of God? Then just receive Him. Believe in Him. Receive Him. Believe in Him. Receive Him. You say, John, how do I receive Him? Oh, it's so simple. Number one, just admit that there's guilt and shame in your life. Just admit that you've made mistakes. Admit that you've sinned. Admit. Admit. Admit that there's stuff in your life that you're not proud of. Can you admit that? Come on. Can you admit that? Just give me a, give me a wave if you can admit it. That's humility. It's a very powerful thing. Second thing you've got to do is believe. It's believing. Believing. Believing that Jesus died for you. Believing. 
on the third day, he rose from the dead, believing that God loves you, believing that God paid the sacrifice for you, believing that what this book says is true, believing, believing, believing. It's believers that get saved. It's believers that have relationship with God. You've got to believe. Are you ready to believe today? How many believers do we have here today? And thirdly, all you've got to do is commit. And this commitment is to say, you know what? My belief is going to change my course. I'm going to commit to following Jesus. This is, this is about stepping over that line and saying, that's it. No longer am I pursuing my own agenda. Now I'm going to pursue the God agenda for your life. Because that's where the blessing comes. Can I tell you something? You've got to commit for the blessing to come. It's in following God that the blessing pursues you. It's in following God that all the pieces come together. It's in following God that everything gets fixed and healed in your life. It's in following God that this thing works. It's not just in believing. The Bible tells us the devil believes. His problem is that he's not committed. For you to commit and say, Jesus, I follow you, is the most wonderful thing you can do. And it's the decision that's before you today. Are you a child of chance or are you a child of God? Has God come knocking at your door and pursued you? And are you willing for God to come into your life or are you going to turn your back on him? It's your choice today. My desire for you is that you would open up your life and say, Jesus, come into my life today. You're the incredible God. You're the incredible Savior. I give into you today in Jesus. Thanks for choosing to listen to the Life Source Christian Church Audio Lounge. If you like this week's podcast, then please share it with a friend. More information about who we are is available at lifesource.org.au. On behalf of Senior Ministers John and Ann Giuliano, we look forward to connecting with you next time at the LifeSource Christian Church Audio Lounge.